Welcome back to the Going Going Gooner podcast brought to you by Z89. I am your host, Kyle, joined by Arjun, my co-host. And I watching this Saints game from last week, clearly Cam Jordan and the boys got a real good taste for Thanksgiving meal last year. And they were like, we want some more. Even though it was a few days early, they really wanted more of a, that Thanksgiving feast. And they definitely ate well. I, I got on Sunday against the Falcons. You want to talk about the game, Arjun? Absolutely. You're talking about eight, well, eight sacks for the Saints on the day against Matt Ryan. Um, it was a great game. The Saints played really well against, I mean, it's, it's the Falcons. They were three and six coming into the game. So not many people were expecting a loss, especially at home in the dome with fans in attendance, but it's a divisional game. Anything can happen. The Saints are the I mean, the Falcons are the Saints' biggest rivals. But the stories of the day were how good the defense was, only allowing three field goals the whole game and no touchdowns, the eight sacks, the two interceptions, and on the offensive side of the ball, Taysom Hill. He looked great. Taysom looked really good. He, he had 18 for 23 passing, which is about 80%. He, 233 yards. He looked good. Like, I... I, again, we last week both thought Jameis would start. We thought Jameis yeah. would start. We both felt Jameis was the better player to start because we know what Jameis is going to give us. We know Jameis will give us good production, uh, very safe hands. Yes, he's turnover happy, but he will give us a passer we know can play well. Taysom, we didn't know what to think. He'd thrown, I think, 18 passes in his career before this game. Something like that, yeah. He lit it up. I mean... The man was our best rusher and our best passer, which is crazy. He it ran is. for 51 yards on only 10 carries, which mm-hmm. that number shocked me a little bit. I thought it'd be way more than it was. A lot of yeah. them also happened at the end of the game. I think there was like six or seven that happened in the fourth quarter because they were running the clock. Just, out. Yeah. Running out the clock, not wanting to get Alvin those, you know, late yeah. game touches just in case. Yeah. So Taysom ran a lot at the end of the game. He got his two TDs running and, passing game wise he looked good i mean there was two clear plays the two passes to emmanuel sanders one of them was a touchdown that was called back for holding mm-hmm. and then one of them was which also wasn't a great throw he underthrew it by a bit and the other yeah. one to emmanuel sanders which he very clearly under way under like a good like he if he had thrown it about 20 yards farther it would have been a touchdown i think yeah. that was kind of like mm-hmm. he had space to throw it and he underthrew it by a lot that's also Taysom. he clearly looked like he was ballooning the ball when he was throwing it he was throwing it way too high but he looked good he looked comfortable Mm -hmm. i mean he has a a safety blanket michael thomas who i mean you can't lose with and i wanted to talk about michael thomas because nine catches for 104 yards that's michael thomas form he's back here he's back in form and that's exactly what Taysom needs is a receiver to fall back on and that's why he looks so comfortable in the pocket. I mean, 18 for 23, that's Drew Brees completion numbers. That's like, that's efficiency. He didn't throw a touchdown. He threw for 233 yards though on 18 completions. But the thing I noticed the most was just how comfortable he looked. It was really impressive. And even on that, that Emmanuel Sanders ball that he ballooned, it was pretty much a punt that Emmanuel Sanders could have fair, fair caught. But 
That and another throw where he almost got picked off in the red zone. Those were, I think, the only two poor decisions he made. And he also fumbled. But that run would have gone – that would have gone in the end zone had he not dropped that ball. He would have gone in the end zone. It was also a good recovery by – who was it? It was – I think it was Darquez Denard, I believe. Yeah, it might have been. It was him or it was A.J. Terrell. It was A.J. Terrell. It was A.J. Terrell, yeah. Who forced the fumble, Denard recovered it. Um, But – I mean, this, like, he, as you said, he had only a couple bad throws, which all things considered, I'll take it. And <laughs> absolutely, it, this, this game plan looked eerily similar to last year with Teddy Bridgewater playing. And I yeah. think no one expected this because Teddy, like, he likes to run, but like, he's not, his, his first, second, and third choices are not going to run. Yeah. Teddy's he's mobile, expected. but he's not a runner. Yeah. And I think we all expected it to be the Taysom game. He's going to look like Cam Newton. He's going to look like Colin Kaepernick, even Russell Wilson to an extent. I mean, this was this was a very Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater style offense they ran. Mm-hmm. And like on that point, Michael Thomas, we saw it last year that he just caught every pass Teddy threw him. Yeah. Same thing today. And Same I think thing. that's going to continue. I think Michael Thomas is going to crack another hundred yards next week with like eight receptions, nine receptions, like even more, if not, I think it's yeah. going to happen. It's going to keep happening because why not throw it to him? Like there's no point not. And one thing I noticed is that, I mean, Michael Thomas does so good with those in routes, getting into that second level of the secondary. He was able to run those comfortably and Taysom was zipping them in there. He got, he got a lot of mustard on those balls and that's, I mean, Drew Brees is 42 years old. He's not going to be able to zip those in there to Michael Thomas like he used to be. And Taysom was able to provide that. He zipped those balls into the middle of the field. It was refreshing almost to kind of see Thomas able to play his game this season. He hasn't really been able to because he's been hurt, suspended, etc. And it's nice to see Michael Thomas getting back into this offense, especially with a quarterback that can deliver those strikes that he loves. I got to say, like you said, those strikes were good. Like yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't softballing them in. Michael Thomas dropped one of the passes. There was one pass he dropped. And after the game, he was asked about it. He was asked about the one drop pass he had because he doesn't drop passes often. He and doesn't. He said, I wasn't expecting it to be thrown that hard. He said <laughs> like, I dropped Taysom's fastball. And he was like, yeah, like he, he, he throws it harder than that, but I dropped it. And it was, it was a like, Moment of like, oh, that's weird because we associate Drew Brees with being accurate as all get out. He's going to throw it exactly where he needs to, but he's never been a guy to throw it hard. Like, yeah, he's not going to like hurt your arms when you try and catch the ball. Like he's not a big Ben. He's not going to hurt you with his arm, but like Taysom's got a a cannon on him. Like we saw with the deep balls, he threw uh really high, like way too high but he still managed to get it 45, 50 yards downfield comfortably. Like it was yeah. very clear. He could have thrown that ball 70 yards if he'd like attempted to. Yeah. Like, and I mean, Taysom it's, it's encouraging because we both talked about this last week. We thought Jameis was a shoe in because I mean, Jameis played the entire second half of the Niners game when Drew got hurt. So when the announcement came that Taysom would be starting, I mean, the consensus was that, trust Sean Payton. And I did because, I mean, we've seen what Sean Payton can do with Taysom Hill in the offense. 
And now I think he's going to be even more dangerous when Drew Brees comes back because defenses are going to have to respect Taysom throwing the ball. If he continues like this, if he continues playing like this, uh, barring Jameis, you know, taking over the job because Taysom plays poorly, this offense is going to have even more variety to it because of Taysom Hill taking over for Drew Brees while he's injured. Sean Payton deserves coach of the year. I know like right now, no one's talking about it. This man deserves it right now. He is sitting back in his office at the Superdome. Feet on the desk, sunglasses on, drinking a mojito. And he's chilling there (laughs) laughing at every reporter who says, how did you know to start Taysom Hill? Because in his mind, he's like, I always knew y'all just didn't see it. And he's right. None of us saw this. Like we've seen flashes in the past. Like against the Vikings last year, he threw like a 50-yard bomb to Deontay Harris, the one-yard line. It was a good throw. But like we don't see him throw the ball ever. And when he does, we're always like, oh, I don't know where it's going. But now, yeah. like, I, I, I have, I'm I, a little lost for words. He, and he's, this he's season beat all the doubters. This season especially, Saints fans, including us, I think, have been doubting Taysom because of the weird situations Sean Payton has been putting him into ball games. Like, Drew's driving down the field, um, completing four or five passes in a row, stringing together a drive, Suddenly we have third down and three and Taysom goes in the ball game. It's confusing because, you know, you have a quarterback that's so good at managing the game and so good at, you know, short yarded situations that putting in Taysom Hill there is just weird, you know? So that's why Taysom has had a lot of, lot of doubters this year, but I'm sure Sean Payton hears this and sees this and knows that he has trust in his number seven. I'm, and I, I think, Taysom earned the trust of a lot of Saints fans this week. He earned the trust of people around the around the league, and I mean, he showed it with his arm, his legs, everything. He there is not one thing he did poorly. Like mm-hmm. you said, he said he had two bad throws. The deep ball could have been better, but I'm going to give it to him. I mean, he does. He's never passed Emmanuel Sanders before. He'd never really worked with him, so I'll give him a, a pass on it because clearly their timing was off. Like if yeah. he had seen Emmanuel Sanders, it would have been a better pass. Like, and honestly, it looked like the ball kind of slipped out of his hand. Like as soon as the ball left his hand, I was like, that looked weird. Well, again, it looked like the ball ballooned. It looked like he threw yeah. the ball like 20 feet higher than it had to go. Cause he wanted to make sure it got downfield far. Yeah. Like it's very clear. Taysom Hill has a cannon on him. And yeah. I'm, I'm excited. This offense, man, like we, we didn't, we don't talk about it enough. When Drew Brees is at the helm, we don't mention enough just how good this offense is. And I bring this up because I, we've seen it in the past from him, but we forget how good of a backup running back we have. Latavius Murray exactly. should be starting in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He, he has some crazy, like there was two plays back to back where one of them, he caught a screenplay and, and I think it was Deion Jones. He made him whiff. And then he ran like 20 yards downfield and it was like, oh, okay. And then the next play, he runs it for like, I think it was what? It was his longest of 11. He ran the ball and he like, he, it was like, he took it from the eye. So like five, six yards back and his third stride, he was taking each step was like four yards. The man's got downhill speed, like nobody's business. And Latavius had more rushing yards on the game than Alvin Kamara did. 
He did. He almost had his. That's that's. I mean, that's a big. I mean, this offense looked great, um, fueled by the fantastic defensive performance. But we only put up twenty four points, and yeah. that's because Alvin Kamara didn't really get involved in the offense that much, which is fine because they had a game plan for Alvin. Alvin Kamara didn't get a single catch all game because, you know, Tate, like they, the Saints love setting up screens, love doing little gadget plays. And then uh, Drew's second or third read is always Alvin. And that's why we see Drew throw to Alvin so much because he sees the first read, doesn't want to throw there, sees the second read, maybe a little too deep for his liking, but Taysom can make these throws. So we'll probably see Alvin a little involved in this. Michael Thomas a little more, which because they're two of the best players in the football in 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 the, in the National Football yeah. League. They are so good. The fact that Alvin Kamara like realistically didn't do a lot in the game, and mm-hmm. we still want like I I I tweeted this out. I said we realistically could have put up forty plus points. Like mm-hmm. it was like again, Emmanuel Sanders had a TD called back. Yep, would have been a touchdown. Taysom had a tw- uh, really strong run. Then the fumble was forced out. If he doesn't fumble yep. that ball, he's going for a touchdown. Like there was at least those two, if not more. Lutz missed a field goal as well. Like yep. we could have had a lot more points than we did. But I mean, we're talking about the offense right now, but we, we have to talk about this defense. And I'm going to start out with the man who needs to be in a, at minimum, the most improved conversation and be definitely should be with a shot at defensive player of the year. I do not care about your Aaron Donald or your Miles <laughs> Garretts. Give me Trey Hendrickson on third down any day of the week. Not no and contest. No contest. Absolutely. Those third downs, those third down sacks, I, I lost count how many we had. I mean, eight sacks total in the whole game. But third down sacks were so important to stopping the Falcons from getting anywhere. There were there was one occasion where we pushed them out of field goal range. And there was a couple occasions where they were driving and uh, getting those third down sacks forced to punt. They didn't score a touchdown all game because of how good this D line is. And uh, Janoris Jenkins and Marcus Williams came up with picks in the game too, which to see um, Marcus Williams performing um, at this level and Janoris Jenkins, Jackrabbit also, he was great in coverage. Janoris Jenkins is the most underrated player we have picked up in the last year and a half. Definitely. Like, I, we got him last year. We got him after Eli Apple, like stunk. Let's be honest here. Like we got mm-hmm. him because Eli Apple wasn't great. Cause he is very, he was very like saints defensive back prone to massive big plays being let up and teams are targeting him. It's clear. Marshall Lattimore is our number one, no contest. He's locked down. We saw it against Mike Evans. He's locked down. Janoris Jenkins, my word, that man, he had the one slip against Calvin Ridley, which if he doesn't slip, he probably has a defensive pass breakup. Like yeah, very clearly could have done that. (laughs) And if he doesn't slip on that one play, he has, in my eyes, a perfect game. He defended everyone well. He stopped everything. I think he had five tackles, five pass breakups, the interception, and like he just was all over the field. It yep. was it was insanity. And that's our and backup cornerback. Exactly. And I mean, the depth of this defense cannot be understated. It's 
I mean, David Onyemata got two sacks. Cam Jordan got three sacks. Demario Davis with one and Trey Hendrickson with two. He's got nine and a half on the season. Trey Hendrickson that man, tied for the NFL again, lead. That man is going to be defensive player of the year. Write it in the books right now. Put all the money on Trey Hendrickson right this second. I'll bet a mortgage on him being the defensive player <laughs> of the year. Because he uh, minimum, bare minimum, he's an all pro. All pro and most improved. Bare minimum. He's going to be I, player of the year because I absolutely hope he continues to perform like this because having Cam and Trey Hendrickson as the defensive ends, can you imagine being a quarterback and having, can you imagine being a left or a right tackle and having to protect your quarterback from that one, two punch again? And like we saw it, la- it was, the, we saw it against the Bucks. The first play they one-on-one Cam Jordan and Tristan Wirfs, the rookie and yep. Cam Jordan slapped him was like get out of here kid and he like pressured brady that and like that's the issue that offense lines are going to have to deal with is normally they double cam in a normal situation the bucks didn't and they paid for it normally you double cam okay you have the right tackle and right guard on cam jordan that leaves the center and the left side of the line to deal with the other guys david onyamata is a force in the run game especially number one yeah number two he's just a He's just he pushed the pocket back. He pushed the pocket back every play. It felt like he was getting in the pocket. It was crazy. And then him in the middle. Okay. You make it a one-on-one with him in the center. The running block comes and blocks with Onyamata. Cool. Awesome. That leaves Trey Hendrickson on the other side. You have the left guard and left tackle against him. Cool. Here comes CJ Gardner Johnson. Here comes Malcolm Jenkins. Here comes Demario Davis. Here comes Quan Alexander. Like the entire- if you've got a if you've got a four man rush, you can't double team both Cam and Trey Hendricks. You can't. You just can't. If you double team one of them, the other one's gonna beat the other guy. And then if you like have a late linebacker blitz, like or <laughs> you have a Gardner Johnson blitz off the side. Yep. You're done. You're toast because realistically, the farthest outside is what the tackle or is the the guard the tackle. inside tackles outside. Yep. Yes. So the right tackle normally has to deal with Cam Jordan. If Sia Gardner-Johnson comes off that same side, he's, he can't block him. He can't. He, like, it's, it's, if he does, Cam's going through him and to the quarterback. He's at a, it's a lose-lose for the offensive line. Like, this, this defense, man, I, they played so poorly. Or not poorly. They played worse than what they were for, like, five or six weeks mm-hmm. we knew how good they were it was very clear they were they were a good defense but they hadn't put it together it and now they have it feels like they i don't know if it was because they were facing the bucks or not but it looked like that game they realized who they were and were mm-hmm. like oh this is fun <laughs> absolutely like having fun the entire game and I mean, this defense is what is creating our offensive chances. It's the defense creates the offense. It gives you the momentum. And I mean, speaking of one, two punches, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL. And Julio granted was injured for some of the game, but combined seven receptions for 119 yards, pardon me, 129 yards. That's over half of Matt Ryan's yardage on the day. But we locked them down. 
and oh, they were, they we, were we, we didn't we didn't let them do their thing. And Calvin Ridley has been one of the best wide receivers in the NFL this season. He's been fantastic. Their biggest and, probably their biggest threat on the day was Russell Gage. Like that's yeah. who was their biggest threat on the day, which is weird to think because yeah. he's not Julio. He's not Calvin Ridley. He's not even Hayden Hurst, who had no receptions for no yards. We finally dealt with a tight end. We finally. Quan and Demario Davis finally like they are such a good linebacking pairing because they and can Quan Alexander play. is such a great midseason pickup, such a great midseason he, pickup. And fun thing, the 49ers um released Kiko Alonso because he didn't pass his medical. So we technically got Quan Alexander for nothing. For free. Like, for free. We got mm-hmm. him for free. And I joked, I was like, what are the odds the Saints sign Kiko Alonso back? And we can say we got him for literally nothing. Quan Alexander. <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be amazing. It would. I, I'm not sure we need him. <laughs> you don't but need it would him. Be, but it I, would be fun. Quan Alexander, I don't know why the Packers didn't try and get him. Because he, he makes us that much better. Like Anzalone <laughs> was playing lights out. But Quan Alexander is playing even better. And he was coming off <laughs> an injury too. Like, I... I don't like. I don't know how to quantify how good this defense played this week. They again, the last two times they played the Falcons last year on Thanksgiving and this year this week, seventeen sacks and four interceptions in two games. They're averaging eight and a half sacks and two picks on Matt Ryan in a, per game. That's absurd. Cam Jordan has twenty-one sacks on Matt Ryan in his career. Like. This Matt Saints Ryan. defense loves playing against Matt Ryan, and it's great to see because I mean that's a divisional that's a divisional rival. I you know? am all it's, here. I am here for it. I am here for Cam Jordan eating turkey legs made of Matt Ryan. I am here for it. So here for it. I. I it, it's crazy. It's there was no bad play at any side of the ball. The offense obviously didn't play well, but it looked like they had the jitters. It looked like <laughs> we're playing with Taysom. We don't know how it's going to go. We're going to take our time with it. And that's what it was. And I, you know what? I'm fine with it because clearly this is the test. Sean Payton was making sure he made the right decision. Like even he must've had a thought in the back of his mind. Like what if this goes poorly? It didn't go poorly. It went really well. And like, realistically, if Taysom Hill plays this way and this defense plays this way, we're good to go. We've got the bucks. We've got, no, we have the Broncos next which yep. I think coming up on Sunday, the Broncos is going to be a, I don't want to call it a torture fest, but I'm very scared for Drew Locke. I'm going to put it that way. That and, I, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a different kind of game because we're going to Denver. Yeah. But I think um, this defense has looked so good that, I don't know if the Broncos will be able to get anything going at all. Well, the first thing is that, like, obviously they have Melvin Gordon. They have some good running backs. But, like, their main threat is Drew Locke. And he's got 11 interceptions on the year. Seven TDs, 11 interceptions. And their running backs with Melvin Gordon, like, and Philip Lindsay, they're good. But, like... Man, and the Saints haven't allowed a hundred yard rusher in it was since 2017 games. I I believe it was Samaje Pirine 
for the Washington Redskins in 2017. I yeah. think it was November. If I remember that stat correctly, it was the last player to rush for over a hundred yards against the Saints. It has been over 50. It has been what 54 or 55 games since the yeah. Saints allowed a rusher of over a hundred yards. And that is crazy. That, I mean, that, that, that stat is a little in jeopardy with us going up against Dalvin cook in a couple weeks, but hey, 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 hey. <laughs> but have we faith. don't, we don't, we have don't faith. doubt this defense. I'm absolutely not doubting this defense. And I have so we much faith in them. We faced Dalvin cook last year in the playoffs. He didn't do it then. Absolutely. And I, I have so much faith in this defense and even without Drew, I have a lot of faith in this offense because of what the defense can do. Your team gains so much confidence when you can trust your defense. And we saw it. Um, what game was I watching? It was, um, I can't remember right now, but it was, they, uh, yeah, it's, it's slipping me right now. But when you, when you have, when you have trust in your defense, it's so much easier to coach a football team. Oh, it's so much easier because the defense does so much work. Like we saw it. The defense was have they they didn't give they didn't care if Taysom Hill was going to give the ball up or not. They were just having fun that entire game. And mm-hmm. again, you said it. The defense can rotate. Like the defensive mm-hmm. line, it's not like we're stuck with just Cam Jordan. Like we have Cam Jordan and Carl Granderson playing that same defensive end slot. Other side is Trey Hendrickson and Marcus Davenport. In the middle, yeah. we have Shai Tuttle, Malcolm Roach, David Onyemata, and Malcolm Brown, I think. There's mm-hmm. two Malcolms. We have the four of them. Yeah, Malcolm Brown. Roach, Roach was injured last week, but yeah. Brown. Brown. Mostly, uh, Ryan Glasgow as well also didn't play poorly either. That we yeah. have four DEs. We have five defensive ends and four defensive tackles and nose tackles who all can play really well. Mm-hmm. That You don't see that often. Like, it's clear they're not going to get gassed in any game because they can rotate them so well. Like, it would mm-hmm. take a really good game to have them rotate, like, to have them tired. Like, a really tough offense, too. It would take a really gritty, tough offensive line to take down this defensive line. And even then, we've got the linebacker core to back them up in Demario and Quan and Alex Anzalone. And we've got the secondary right now, which is, I mean, the secondary's kind of been a weak point in, in a really strong kind of is an understatement how bad this secondary has been <laughs> in a, in a really strong defense. The secondary is the weak point, but they've performed really well in the last two weeks. And they performed this week without their best player, without Marshawn Lattimore. Mm-hmm. And there was no issue again, besides the one 46 yard pass to Calvin Ridley, which Janoris Jenkins has like, again, as I said, he slipped besides yeah. that. There were like the defense just lights out, man. I and like we haven't mentioned it, but like Will Lutz missed a field goal. That was his second on the year. And we yeah. like whenever he goes to take a field goal or an extra point, we automatically assume he's gonna make it. That's how good he hey, is. I've never I've once been nervous about a Will Lutz kick. Never. I'm not even nervous. even even the even the last second one he hit. Um, even any any last second field goal from 50 out that he's hit in his career, I've never been nervous seeing Will Lutz step up to take a kick. It's a different level of like, I trust him. That's so yeah. weird to think. Like normally we've had some kickers in the past that haven't been great or haven't been like awesome. Even Garrett Hartley was very prone to missing. 
That's yeah. why he went and took the field goal for us against the Vikings in the NFC Championship game. Everyone was scared because he like mm-hmm. so up and down. Mm-hmm. But like Will Lutz, I'm like, he's gonna make it. Like mm-hmm. big nuts Lutz is gonna make it. And definitely do <laughs> about it. Like the entire team from top to bottom, I think we are the best constructed team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like special teams wise, let's just start there real quick. Thomas Morstead, one of the best punters in the NFL. Like, no question. No contest. Consistently for the last 10 years, he's been one of the best punters in the NFL. He hits bombs. He knows where he's putting it. He's just great at what he does. Next up, Mm -hmm. kicking. Will Lutz. He's Will Lutz. Returning, Deontay Harris, who got hurt in this game. That's not a good thing to see, but he's a heck of a return man. And if he doesn't go, oh no. We have Marquez Calloway and Alvin Kamara to return the ball to. Yeah, I'm fine. And people, I, I always forget we have Kamara as a returning option, but it's crazy to think that he's there as an option because yeah, his he's first, his first game. He returned a punt back for a touchdown. Like, yeah, so, I remember the kick, the kick return he had against Tampa Bay a couple years ago. His only kick return touchdown of his career. He like he caught it and then stopped at the goal line for a couple seconds, like hesitated and then took it back all the way. Yeah. It's his 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 agility really helps in those situations. And without Deontay Harris, if he's hurt going into Sunday, we have Callaway and Kamara's options. And we're set. And so that's special teams. Special teams, cool, awesome, set. Offense. Obviously, if he's healthy, breeze. But right now, <laughs> Taysom and then Jameis as his backup. And then Trevor Simeon as the fourth string. Gotta love it. Shout out Northwestern. Welcome to the team, Trevor Simeon. Welcome to the team. Shout out shout out Northwestern. Uh <laughs> Love the guy. Um, but that's a good – that's a heck of a quarterback group right there. Mm-hmm. And then running backs. I mean, Latavius and Al AK are – yeah, they're, they're, they're different. That's, let's, go, let's go with that. They're different. And then behind them, you've got Washington and Montgomery. Like, we're, we're four deep. We're set. Mm-hmm. Like, fullback, Michael Burton, he's good. He's awesome. Wide receivers. Like – we they've been a hurt in weeks and we've seen it when they're hurt, but even when they're hurt, they're not bad. We have yeah. Thomas, we have Sanders, we have Smith, we have Callaway, we have Johnson, we have Carr, we have Deontay Harris's wide receiver. Like, <laughs> am I missing anyone? I don't think I'm uh, no, but, don't think so. I don't think I missed anyone. Like, that's our receiver <laughs> group is like solid, it's a very good group. Tight ends, tight ends, we are golden, golden at tight end. Jared Cook yep. should do better than he does. Like, let's get he it He just up. doesn't get the targets he needs. He he doesn't get targeted that much, but we have Adam Troutman and Josh Hill right behind him. Hale Adam Troutman, that. man, he, like, mark my words, in the next five years, he's going to be one of the top five tight ends in the NFL. And mark my words. What a, what a great draft pick because, I mean, I saw a video on Twitter this week of just, like, how good his route running is and how that will develop as he goes on. And, I mean, Jared Cook is – is past his prime. He's aging. So I think Troutman is the the clear replacement to him. Yeah. And I mean, I'm fine with it, to be honest. Troutman, Me too. Looks, he's a good blocker. He's a good cat. He's just, he's good. He's really good. And we haven't, we're not going to, I don't even want to talk with the O-line. The O-line is too good. Like one of, one of the best O-lines in the league, easily matched the best D-lines in the league. D-lines, as we said, amazing. Linebacking core, we've talked about it. Amazing. The DB room, like realistically, on paper, they're better than they have played. 
And we've seen it in recent weeks how well they can play. Like, again, against the Buccaneers, Marshall Lattimore locks up Mike Evans. He's a lockdown defender. He wants a challenge. He is. Mm -hmm. So, number one, we're good. Janoris Jenkins, awesome. Even Marcus, even PJ Williams and Patrick Robinson have played well. Like, yeah, Robinson has two end zone interceptions. Like, what? <laughs> and Robinson, Robinson's filled in well for uh, for Marshall Lattimore for sure. Yeah, He's filled in well. really nicely. And so we've got them, and that the safety position. We've got Jenkins. We've got all, we've got Marcus Williams. We've got Gardner Johnson. Like all over the field, man. Just the same. It's team. it's so consistent, and it's hard to find a hole in this team. And that's gonna that's gonna do well for us. I mean, right now, um, the number one seed in the NFC currently. Yeah, the Buccaneers yeah, baby. lost their game last night. So yeah, currently, this quickly. If the Bucks, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, quickly. The Saints team is what everyone thought the Bucks would be. I agree. Everyone thought. Definitely. Oh. The Bucks are going to have this defensive line that's going to rush you every second, and you're not going to get anywhere. This DB room is going to be the best. They have the best linebacking core of duo in the NFL. That's what the Saints are, not what the Bucks are. And like, and what the wow. wide receiver core? I'm just going to talk quickly about last night's game, Bucks and Rams. The Bucks dropped that one to the Rams. Huge for the Saints because the Saints, if they go four and two for the rest of the season, finishing out twelve and four. And if the Bucks win out, the Saints take the division because we swept the Bucks. So the division is looking nice right now. I don't want to jump the gun, obviously, especially with our starting quarterback out. But things are looking good, especially with that loss last night. And I will say about the Buccaneers, that wide receiver core isn't helping them win games. Not Currently, even, it's not helping them win games. Well, not even just that. It's their running core isn't. Like everyone's talking about, oh, Ronald Jones, great running back. Fournette, great running back. Jones had 24 yards yesterday. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Rams' D-line is great, so you're not running it past Aaron Donald. But 24 yeah. yards gets you nothing. Like, how many did he have against the Saints? He had, like, four. They have four he, had, he, had, he had four carries the whole game. The Bucks' offense had four carries the whole game. Which is crazy when you have Fournette, LaShawn McCoy and Ronald Jones. And you've only got that. Like that's, that's unacceptable if I'm them. <laughs> and the fact that like Tom Brady made two errantly bad throws, mm-hmm. even with Antonio Brown, even with Mike Evans, even with Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard, Cameron Brake, Scotty Miller. Like it's their talent. They have is second to none. But, and I, I say this a lot when I'm looking at certain super teams, quote unquote, talent doesn't win you championships. Like you can have all the talent in the world, <laughs> but it's not going to win you a championship. Like just like, it's not just given to you. Like yeah. the Miami heat, their first year, they had D Wade, Chris Bosh, LeBron. They lost to Dirk and like JJ Barea. Don't slander my Mavs. Hey, I will not mess up my center JJ Barea. I love the man, okay. but he's not LeBron. Well, he locked down LeBron that series. <laughs> okay, okay. We're not going to talk about this right now. But, but is that the Bucks? they don't have the – I don't even know what it is. They don't have, like, the passion, I feel like, to back up how good they are. They just expect Brady to Brady. 
and yeah, he has and it this year. He's looked at just really quickly. I want to touch on. I mean, I tweeted something last night. It was, I mean, people were talking about Breeze not throwing deep, which, I mean, it certainly it certainly is a concern because he has not been throwing deep all season, which is scary. But, but when you look at it, people are also like, "Oh, Brady's so impressive with the deep ball." The way Drew Breeze isn't this year. Brady, when throwing downfield 15 yards last night, was one for nine with two picks. And throwing 20-plus yards in the last five weeks, he's 0 for 19. So it's a question of, Breeze isn't throwing the deep ball because he doesn't think he can, and Brady is forcing the deep ball even though he is not able to complete them. And it struck, that the tweet struck a nerve with some of my friends because they were saying, like, no. Tom if you're Brady gonna, supporters getting hurt by a tweet bad about Tom Brady, no way, man. If you're like, if they're gonna, if they're like, if you're gonna say Brady's washed up, then you've got to say Breeze is washed up too. But Breeze isn't forcing throws. He's no. got 18 touchdowns and three picks on the year, and I mean, a 75% completion percentage too. He's not forcing throws. He's throwing exactly what he thinks he can do, and that's and why the team they did too. without Michael Thomas. Exactly. And that's why the team is eight. Breeze is making good decisions while Tom Brady just seems to have, to have lost his edge. He's forcing it. He has weapons. He's forcing every throw. And that's why the Bucks aren't going to like a win the division B win the NFC and C go anywhere in the playoffs. That's just me. And I mean, there was a few other like games of note. I mean, the Colts Packers, the Colts, Mm -hmm by beating the Packers, got us the top spot in the NFC because the Packers owned the tiebreaker over us because they beat us in New Orleans. Yep. But Phillip Rivers, the scary Colts defense, came to play. This Colts team, I was I was telling some people, this Colts team is probably the most underrated in the NFL, and this Packers team is probably the most overrated. See, I think the Colts are the most underrated and overrated. I think it's very weird, like, they do both because – Everyone thinks about how good they should be, like the mm-hmm. Bucks, but no one talks about them because they're like the Colts. It's a very yeah. weird the like, Colts without Andrew Luckett or Peyton Manning. Yeah, it's a very weird spot they're in right now, mm-hmm. where like their defense is top five in everything. Their defense yeah. is legit. Their mm-hmm. offense should be legit because mm-hmm. Philip Rivers is a great quarterback. They've got a good running back group. They've got a great wide receiver group. They should be better. They have the best O-line in the NFL. They should be better. Phil Rivers mm-hmm. hasn't been hit in like a hundred weeks. Like they should be and better. I mean, that's exactly what you need to do for Phillip Rivers is give him time in that pocket. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're doing. And another game I want to touch on, we talked about the Chiefs Raiders matchup last man, week. Man, oh man, Derek Carr. He looked good. And I mean, this Raiders team, I mean, they've taken, they've beat the Chiefs once, the Chiefs only lost, and they took the Chiefs down to the wire at home. Um, This Raiders team is going to be a force to reckon with, but the Chiefs asserted their dominance and showed why they're top three in the NFL at at, at worst. So I want to just quickly on that game, that last drive the Chiefs had, clearly the Mm -hmm. Raiders left too much time on the clock, left nearly two minutes on. And everyone was like, oh, my gosh, that last throw by Mahomes, it was so majestic. It was the best throw ever. But Kelsey was wide open in the end zone. There was was three Chiefs and one Raider in the area. If he didn't catch it, like, you've got bigger problems. 
Yeah, I mean that. The, I mean the last like Mahomes is the best quarterback because he could do this throw. I could do that throw. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to hear. But, I don't want. I mean, um, I mean, best case scenario for the Saints happened this week with the Bucks and the Packers losing, so we can be happy about that. And, I mean, best case scenario, honestly, yeah. I mean, the Seahawks took a win over the Cards. That was a in another game. in another great game. The, the, Browns, the, the Browns somehow beat the Eagles because both teams just aren't great. Miles Garrett yeah. was obviously in COVID protocols, so he wasn't playing. But even still, Wentz somehow made him look made himself look even worse than he is. Um, and one of the weirdest stats this season is the Browns are seven and three. They, you know, like that. It's it's weird. To, it's like not just because of their reputation, because they've you know they're the zero and sixteen team. It's because they haven't been good, and they're seven and three. They don't. They're probably the worst seven and three team in the league. I saw a ranking of six and three teams before this week. They they were easily the worst. They should be like one and eight at this point. (laughs) Um, After that, the Lions got goose egged by the Panthers. Steelers beat the Jaguars. Expected that. Titans won an overtime against the Ravens. King Henry, man, he's he's a special running back. Can't say anything else about that. Um, The Texans and Deshaun Watson beat the Patriots and Billy Belichick made Cam Newton look normal again. Love to see it Uh, as a Patriots hater myself. And I don't say this lightly. I say this more of a, I'm from the area. I can't do Boston sports. So it's nice. It's nice to see the Patriots lose. It's very nice. It always is. And to go off of that, Tua got pulled and the Broncos beat the Dolphins. Um, the Chargers beat the Jets by six, which Chargers should have won by a lot more than that. Justin Herbert looked incredible, but What's against the Jets short defense. Hair, short hair Herbert better? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, we'll see. <laughs> when, when I saw the picture of the short hair, I was <laughs> – it was so funny when that was trending. It was hilarious. Man, babyface Herbert, he's a babyface assassin. What can you say? 37 for 49, 366 yards for three touchdowns and no picks. He's special. He's, he's It's good. exciting to see. This Chargers team is three and seven, which is so unfortunate because they're so much better than that. Again, if they'd won their close games, they, they would have like two losses, not even. All, I mean, all their losses are one score. Yeah, it's crazy. All of them have been all of them have been one score, which is crazy. I mean, it's classic Chargers, though. It's absurd. Um, but I mean, if we're talking about a classic team, the Cowboys, man, they won a game. They won a game with the <laughs> red rifle at the helm. Huge the win for the Cowboys. Huge win. I mean, I'm from Dallas, so a ton of my friends are Cowboys fans, and they they were prefer to tank than make the playoffs because we know we're going nowhere. And I mean, this every team in the NFC East still has a shot at the playoffs. That's the thing. If they tank, like they can still make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> you can. I should have told them you can simultaneously do both in this division. Yeah, you can tank and make the playoffs. Yeah, and a team that has tanked in the past and looks like they may have to tank in the for the present. I mean, thoughts and prayers with Joe Burrow because Absolutely. that he he's a special talent. And one of the most likable dudes in the NFL too. Oh, I mean, he's awesome. Even even last year, uh, I mean, as an LSU player, I was so excited to see him play, and it's so rough to see him go down like this. And I, I, I mean, I hope he's back better next year. Yeah, he. 
I believe he tore his ACL, MCL, and it's more and some structural damage. Yeah, structural. Yeah. Um, so he's out for at least nine to a year, nine to twelve months. So a year, realistically, which does put the beginning of next season in jeopardy. Um, I I can't wait to see him come back on the field. I I know the Bengals are going to try and just get him as much talent as possible. That this year, <laughs> generally, it's going to be a lost year for them now with him out. And I think it's going to come down to them trying to get a draft, a good draft pick going after um, Rondale Moore, like a good wide receiver, him, Devontae Smith, like one of those guys. Yeah. I, they're going to want one of them, get a running back maybe for, to help Mixon and Bernard. We'll see. But thoughts and prayers to Burrow and, and the whole Bengals organization um, because they have, they've got a special talent on their hands with, with Joey B. So that is what we've got for this past week of NFL news. Mm -hmm. I quickly do want to talk about the game next week. I want to talk about the Saints Broncos real quick before we, before we sign out for this NFL part of going, going Gooner and us facing drew Locke and the Broncos. I at mile high stadium, we've got a few injuries, which do scare me. (laughs) Uh, Andrews, Pete, Deontay Harris, Josh Hill, Dwayne Washington, and Marshawn Lattimore, all are questionable on the injury report. Obviously, Breeze ain't playing. We know that yep. already. He's on the IR, can't play for another few weeks. <laughs> but these injuries, they're, they're not crazy ones, but they're not good. Yeah, so, and I mean, this, I mean, we saw how well this defense played without Lattimore. We hope we can continue to do that, but we need Lattimore back to, you know, really be at the highest level. Again, I think I said it before this Denver Broncos team. I'm very confident they have the best wide receiving core in the NFL. That's also me saying that, but still Deshaun Hamilton (laughs) is good. KJ Hamler. Awesome. Judy. Awesome. Sutton when healthy. Amazing. Like Jerry. Tim Patrick is really underrated too. Patch underrated. They got Noah Fant as tight end. Nick Vanette's good. I, I am very scared of Jerry Judy. I I think Jenkins will lock him up, but it does scare me a lot. <laughs> Definitely. And we'll have to see how they do, but I'm predicting a Saints comfortable win, we hope. But my my prediction is a is a comfortable Saints win on the road going back to and then uh the next game will also be on the road at the Falcons. At the Falcons next time, but my prediction I'm going Saints 33. I'm throwing that out there. Saints 33, Broncos 17. I think they're going to put up a couple TDs. They're going to put one up early, put one up late, and in the middle get a field goal. But we're just going to pile it on. I'm going with a nice five-sack count, you know, a five-strip meal. In this case, (laughs) five-sack. Cam Jordan to have one. Hendrickson to have seven. Because (laughs) not possible that number five, but he's going to do it anyway. He will. He will. He defies numbers. He defies numbers. He's the defensive player of the year for a reason. Mm-hmm. And on that awesome note, because we love Trey Hendrickson on this show, um, we do. that is the NFL portion of the Going Going Lunar podcast. We will be right back on episode number two of this week, which will talk all about Arsenal and how, for some reason, we can't do anything. Absolutely. That is us, Going Going Lunar, signing out. Peace.